Tracery here. And the topic I have today, in all honesty, man, y'all know we love transparency over here at Picture Me Living. I wasn't ready to talk about it. I wanted to be prepared. Um, I wanted to be organized. But it's not about what I want. It's about God's timing and what flows effortlessly, naturally. And before I get into that, let me plug my business, picturemeliving.store. All shop treasury is 50% off. And uh, I put all new t-shirts and hoodies on the site. Picture me living dot store. I will end this sale on Memorial Day. How about that? How about that? Um, fifty percent off all shop treasury. So I made a TikTok video. My TikTok is very small. I do not have any sort of reach or presence on TikTok. So, I made a video because I am trying to build it. It is a little bit easier to build than Instagram right now. And you know about my Facebook drama that I had a week and a half ago. Um, just a quick recap. It was hacked, but not my actual Facebook. Like, they were really detail-oriented about it. They just hacked my ad account or whatever and stole some money out of my personal account out of my personal paypal so with that being said and how difficult it is to talk to a human being at facebook i just kind of shied away from it i've been on tiktok just a little bit more and um it's real easy to go down a rabbit hole on tiktok and I made a video that kind of went viral yesterday, last night. I woke up to a million fucking notifications, right? And it's about 50% positive, 50% negative. And it is about the topic that I was waiting to get organized. I should say that I wasn't avoiding it. I spoke about the Navy here and there, but I haven't really like given you a full episode about what happened my eight years in the Navy, my experience, Treasury's experience, right? So what brought about, let me back up, let me back up just a little bit. What brought about this conversation to, or the TikTok video was a conversation that a close friend of mine came to me and said um hey man i was telling people at work today y'all think this was a rough day just imagine having to clean up afterward like your day not over in the navy and i was like man you know that was the stupidest shit ever 
I can't believe that once I was done cleaning up, I had to act like I was cleaning up for 45 more minutes as an adult. Um, yeah, man. I said, nah, this, this is a perfect little, um, root the bandaid off TikTok video that should get a little bit of engagement. Boy, did it. It's a lot of mad motherfuckers that meet on TikTok. <laughs> so I'm going to label this. And this is going to be a series, man. I'm going to have a lot of series topics, obviously. I'm in this for the long run. And this is going to be one of the series, man. My Navy experience. Somebody else want to come on and talk about theirs? Y'all know I'm looking for guests, soliciting guests. But my Navy experience is very tumultuous. I don't want to be negative. I don't want to be all the way negative. Matter of fact, somebody invited me on their live, a Navy recruiter invited me on their live to discuss my positives, obviously, because, you know, recruiters ain't going to discuss the negatives, right? <laughs> um. And I'm flattered. I'm going to do it. I'm flattered because I obviously have a great success story, actually. Like, I know it's tumultuous and I know I can have a lot of negative things to say. But I have one of, man, I wish I could do a poll on my Facebook. I got to have a top 3% success stories from the Navy. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I'm not rich. I'm pretty sure that's the top 1%. You know, the, there's a couple in uh, San Diego that won a lottery. Now, they, they number one. But as far as, like, doing something positive with fucking scrambled eggs that the Navy gave me, like, man, I I flipped it. Um, I didn't tumble. I, I, I fucking flipped it, and I, I made. Let me tell you something. I was angry as fuck. And this is what I touched on before. I was angry as fuck my first few months, my first year in the Navy. And I had a decision to make. I had watched my brother get kicked out of the Marines because of his anger. And I had a decision to make, man. And there was a turning point in my attitude. And I could bore you with the details. I'm going to do a series, like I said. It's actually not boring. I really just wanted to focus on the TikTok video this episode and just rip the band-aid off. But there was a turning point in my attitude. A few things happened to where I said, you know what? If I live to be 100 years old and I am 19 years old right now with a fucking 30% interest rate on this Hyundai Elantra with negative $300 in my account. <laughs> With, you know, and that negative $300 was stolen out of my account from my grandmother. Um, I, I got a hell of a story. Listen, y'all, trust me on this. <laughs> You're going to want to hear these stories from the Navy, man. Um, I, I have a face palm right now. I had a decision to make. Um, and I didn't make it immediately. A few things happened. We'll get into it. But I know for a fact, November 10th, 2006, 
5.17 p.m. I gave birth to a baby boy. And I refuse to ever be angry or sad or let negative circumstances overcome me ever again. Because if I live to be 100 years old, I'm going to be angry for 80 fucking years. Like, who the fuck wants, you know what I mean? Like, I thought about that from 1920 to 21. It finally sunk in, man. Like, hey, man, you got to be happy, man. You can't let these fucked up ass circumstances around you to dictate your attitude and your attitude dictates your future. And uh, that's when I start flipping shit. That's when I start flipping everything around me and making the Navy work for me. Now, with that being with that being said, I'm going to title this. I am a sailor, not a lady. Or I'm not a lady. I'm a sailor. How about that? That sounds better. Um. So since this is going to be a series, man, I'm going to take it slow. Because it's a lot, man. It's a lot. If you were in the Navy, especially early 2000s when a, a shift happened, um, you could just use your imagination. And... Just know that it was extremely tough. A lot of things that I endured and that I went through was extremely tough. A lot of it was psychological too. And so that's what my TikTok video was about. My TikTok video was just a rip the bandaid off, get the conversation started, right? And you know, people on social media are easily like, you know, I'm not even going to say offended. They just want to be first. They want your experience to be just like theirs. They want your view to be just like theirs. Their opinion is the only thing that matters. And man, not to mention uh, some people join the military and will die for their country. Um, I don't think any black person says that. I'm just going to be honest. I don't think any... <laughs> Any black person says, so when you look at my video and you see that I'm talking about Navy PTSD, you can go ahead and scratch that off. Like, um, I really didn't give a fuck. I was there for the college money and I got it. So <laughs> most black people don't because the, the government don't give a fuck about us. Um, and so that's that. That's not that. I'm going to get more into detail about that. I really want to get to what the TikTok video was about. Which is what me and the friend discussed. I was like, basically, I was like, you know, the Navy taught us how to be a janitor. Even though I joined to have this million dollar career. And keep these multi-million dollar aircraft from touching in the air. That's why I joined, but I ended up being a janitor 80% of the eight years. Okay. And I continue to say that, you know, that's not what I signed up for. And I detailed cleaning stations, which was 15 minutes. It takes you to really thoroughly clean the space, but you got to act like you're cleaning up for 45 minutes. Mind you, we're all adults. We're not children. You got to act like you're cleaning up for another 45 minutes just to get cursed out by somebody, your peer. 
that just took a couple more tests than you did and you feel like shit. Your mental is off. You you want to see your family. You're staying at work late because you didn't clean the space correctly. Um, So that's what the TikTok video was in the comments. I mean, my comment section was in shambles. I mean, it was in complete shambles. The people you could tell, the people that were in the Navy could relate. And that's who the video was for, right? It's just a LOL. So let me break it down. I don't have a million dollars. I see now that when I do stuff like that, um, I'm going to have to explain the shock value of the video. I don't have a million dollars. It is a potential. If I don't do anything and if I invest my money well in TSP, I could have a couple million dollars by the time I retire. Absolutely. Um, I could also have a fucking heart attack the day after I retire. So I have a whole nother belief system on that. We're not going to get into that. I don't feel like I should have to save every penny of my paycheck and not live my life right now while my knees work before I get carpal tunnel before fucked up shit starts happening to my body I just don't believe in that personally so with that being said that is what I mean by million dollar career and in all honesty my intuitive nature my deep thinking etc etc I'm owning that shit now, y'all, because I'm just going to own it. I ain't even explaining to y'all why. I feel like the 50% that were upset, a portion of them were, you know, I'll die for my country. Yeah, America. So I ain't talking about them. I ain't talking about them. Translation, I am not talking about them. I am talking about the percentage that... We're like, oh, bitch, you got a million dollars. You looking down on janitors. All they heard was million dollar and janitor. So, <laughs> so the shock factor did work. I didn't expect that, but I do think that God made me strong for a reason. I can handle shit like that. Somebody even commented, um, I have PTSD because of my fake lashes and my wig. Well, my lashes is dead. Absolutely. Uh, I don't have on a wig. I got to sew in. Um, He just did that for attention. But most of the comments were enlightening. I know what to expect when I talk about a subject like this that is so taboo. Not too many people are discussing the actual navy right for instance i mentioned before that i have a friend um a distant friend i use that term very loosely um that asked to go on his live and discuss my success story um and i showed him the tiktok and he was like bruh really so uh like i said he's a recruiter and um 
he was like, you know, let's just keep it positive, but not too positive because he wants to also keep it real. And I know what he means. Like I will go on the live and talk about the GI Bill, the benefits that I got from, um, you know, not having to pay for college and making that work for me. Um, the disability that you can get when you get out of military. Sidebar. I have to keep saying things like this because a lot of y'all come in on the last episode, which is fine, which is totally fine. And you come in on the last episode and you're catching up, right? It's never my intent to bully anyone. It's not my intent to even bully an organization. It's my intent to speak on my experience. And this is my experience. Um, This is my truth. I'm not here to bully the Navy. <laughs> I don't want to bully any organization, any person. I don't want any person to listen to this and feel like shit. But if you hear my truth and you feel like shit, you probably owe me an apology. Um, I would love for the secretary of the Navy to call me right now and apologize. He can apologize with a check, though. I don't need to hear it. But yeah, it's never my intent. To bully is always going to be my intent to speak my truth. And at the same time, it's not my intent to talk about my personal, personal business, meaning what's going on in my life. And that includes who I'm fucking and how much money I make. So I'm not going to disclose stuff like that. I do have a government job. You can Google you can Google any Navy salary, any you're not gonna know my exact salary, tell you that much right now. But I've worked for some entity of the government since two thousand and three. So all of that is Googleable. We're gonna add that to Webster's Googleable. GTS Google that shit. So if that's what you're looking for. Nah, but that's what I meant by the million dollar career. I have one of the more successful um, Navy stories and after Navy careers, right? So let's get into some of these comments, man, because the comments, some of them was triggering. Some of them trigger other people. Um, the people that were in the Navy had the most... You know, oh my God, I can relate. Somebody even said how they, I guess this is one that triggered me. Somebody said they remember sweeping in the rain. And I said, yo, I swept the rain too. I I forgot, but I remember now <laughs> that was some fuck shit. Um, man, the psychological aspect of just that alone. And so people were commenting, you're supposed to do that to learn attention to detail and discipline. What the fuck is sweeping the rain going to teach me about discipline, bro? That is a psychological game. Um, some people were commenting, um, you had to learn how to clean up the space. That's something that your parents should have taught you. Sorry, I, don't, I never had parents. Y'all just comment anything. Y'all just comment anything. If you can't see the entertainment value of the video. Now, that comment did not trigger me, believe it or not. The sweeping in the rain. 
And then somebody said something about uh, painting over dirt and needle gunning. Man, uh, somebody on my ship painted over shit. Somebody shit in the angle iron. Uh, it's kind of hard to describe what that is to you guys that weren't in the Navy. The fact that somebody shit up there is pfft, Jesus Christ. And then somebody dumbass went and painted over the shit. That's just how much we painted over dirt. Um, that's just how numb you are to the bullshit, no pun intended. We had what we call, and every ship actually has this, a phantom shitter, right? So when you're in the Middle East, you're about to hit those cool-ass ports. You got to go through this um, canal, the Suez Canal, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, please. It's been a minute. Um, But you're like going through Egypt and all of that through this canal on this big-ass aircraft carrier. And you have to cut off all the water. And this takes a minute. This evolution is not, you know, it's not like driving up 285 in traffic. No, it's like you got to go fucking three miles per hour to if if I remember correctly, we're told this should have been a live Instagram. one, So somebody somebody could help me out with this. Anyway, it takes forever to get through this canal right in the Middle East. You look out, you go outside in the catwalk, you see Egypt on one side and you see I forgot what's on the other side. Jeez, I forgot. Uh, charge it to my head, not to my heart, because I'm excited from TikTok. So, like I said, I want it to be more organized. Anyway, so the water has to be off. I think you already got to the end of this store before I'm finna tell you, but I'm gonna tell you anyway. Okay. Uh, mothers with little boys already know what the fuck I'm about to say. There's no water. Um, even for like the women, like. But you know ahead of time that's what's about to happen. So, you know, any sanitation thing, you need to go ahead and do it before this like eight to ten hour evolution, right? But no, some people just got to shit two, three times a day and it never fails. Somebody finds an empty space, an empty room with or without a bucket. It just depends. And they take a shit and they leave it there. Because it's nowhere to flush it. So that's the phantom shitter. Okay. So this is this is a psychological shit that we, we endured. I couldn't put all this in 60 seconds. I wasn't finna put all this in 60 seconds. I just wanted to make a quick video that rips the band-aid off. <laughs> um, it's not even going to be one. It's it's going to be a series. It's not going to be one episode to talk about this, man. It's It's a lot that happened in my eight years. Very tumultuous. Um, a few people commented the same thing and I replied to one of the comments because what I'm not going to do is be labeled a bitch or you can label me a bitch. That's fine. But that's when I'm going to explain myself because my life was humbling before the Navy. Let me be very clear about that. The Navy ain't teach me shit about humility. Growing up without lights, water food that that humbled the fuck out of me okay so i know they didn't know that watching this video just like the person who said your parents should have taught you to clean up they didn't they didn't know so that's why that didn't trigger me people's experiences when they were agreeing agreeing with me that's what triggered me because 
the Navy was hell on a lot of people. But I made a separate video replying to someone that said something along the lines of you said fucking janitor. Like what's wrong with being a fucking janitor? You should have some respect. Okay. I'm not a lady. I'm a sailor. Right now I'm sitting on my fucking bed. I'm about to cook fucking dinner. I had to explain that the Navy taught me three things. Taught me how to drink, curse, and fuck. I curse like a sailor. Okay? I don't feel a way toward janitors at the fuck all. I worked at McDonald's and two Taco Bells. I got them. Listen. Listen. Janitors, especially the people that are happy in their job, they have it way better than what we had. That's you missed the whole point of the video of what I was saying, if that's what you took out of it. And I'm not apologizing for that. I'm using this platform to speak on it because you're taking away from all these people that triggered me and that I triggered because we didn't sign up to do this. That's what I was saying. We didn't sign up to do this. We didn't ask to do this and we don't want to do this. As a matter of fact, we're not doing it right. Says who? Like, that's all I was saying. It was a huge psychological game, y'all. Like somebody even commented like it's supposed to teach you. It was meant to teach you the discipline that you're using now on your job. Um, No, I'm not. I work with so many civilians that were not in the Navy that have not had to do any type of janitorial work, any type of. uh, And I use the janitor as an example. Trust me, I've done other shit that I didn't sign up to do. I was a. For lack of a better term, because a lot of people listening to this weren't in the Navy. I was a military policeman woman. Um, and I was horrible at it because that's not what I signed up to do. That's not what I signed up to do. I had on a bulletproof vest. I had a fucking gun. I had a fucking baton, a fucking pepper spray. I got pepper spray. It was horrible. It was not what I signed up to do. You know, I just used the janitor because that's the easiest thing that everyone can relate to. Um, But that security shit was not. (laughs) That was way worse. Way worse than cleaning stations. Um, I just try not to shade it because that is an actual job that people sign up to be. And it takes a special, unique person to uh, somebody with a lot, an, an authoritative person. That's what it takes to do that type of job. I'm not. I really don't care. You're drunk driving on base, sir. Go ahead. Y'all just got into a fight. Who won? Shit, I got my money on that bitch right there. Like, I let so much shit slide when I was in security. I was horrible at it. I was fucking horrible. Oh, my God. And I had a little baby, too. So, for the people that aren't in the military, let me explain that part to you. The, like, military police... 
and the uh let's just say you're a secretary let's just say right now in the civilian world you go to work and you work eight hours a day with one of those hours being a lunch break so in actuality you work seven hours a day right and let's just say for the sake of this conversation you make twenty dollars an hour so this is what the navy does okay the navy let me relate it to your secretary job imagine your boss coming to you saying we don't have enough people in the cafeteria right now serving food so we're going to send you this other person went already and you're relieving this other person okay um then Sally from Human Resources is going to relieve you in six months. But for these next six months, we need you to go serve plates. Not only that, we need you to do that for 12 hours a day for the same $20 an hour that you were going to make for the seven hours. We're not going to pay you a dime more. We're not going to pay you a dime less, but we're not going to pay you not a penny more even though you're going to work more and your job description is not what you signed up for wouldn't you quit that job if your boss came to you and said that today we, we ain't had that option and the recruiter doesn't tell you that let's be very clear for the people in the comments that said you signed up for this i ain't signed up for that when you sign up, you do not sign up to do cleaning stations, man. You don't sign up for that. They don't fucking tell you none of that shit. And it's just a huge psychological game. Now, with the example I gave you, yes, most people do have to rotate through that. I do know a couple people that slid through the cracks. But in my eight years, I was sent three times to do that. Not once, not twice, but three times in eight years. I know a friend right now, I could call her on speakerphone. I don't have her permission, so I'm not. She didn't go at all. Not only did she not go at all, she didn't even go on a ship at all. Never stepped foot on a ship. So if that gives you any insight on how tumultuous my eight years in the Navy was, I got sent three times. And you can't say, I know I, I know I said that I was, you know, angry. I got into some fights, blah, blah, blah. But my resume is impeccable. And, um, nah. Nah. It was definitely not the same. And people, some people do slip through the cracks. Absolutely. I was definitely a person. I don't know if it was my looks. I don't know if it was because my resume was always so strong and it just it gathered intensity the more time that I spent in the military man I can't wait to break down every single milestone with you guys I mean I made rank I made money fast I was killing the navy shit but I was constantly picked on constantly man um so, yeah, I, I have a different vantage point than other people. And I, I can speak on certain things on TikTok that other people can't. 
So one comment was like, I don't know why you would join an organization that hates people that look like you. And I replied, that is a million dollar question. And I'm going to answer it on my podcast. I actually got great grades. And that's this is where I want to start this series, this Navy series. I got great, awesome grades. Obviously, I don't have the best support system. So 12th grade hit me like a wrecking ball. One of my guidance counselors was really mean to me. She was like, if you saving for college now, you just not going to go. And that was, you know, abrasive as fuck. But she knew my story. She knew my grandmother. <laughs> like, you know, and she had other shit on her desk that she had to do that day. Like, she just wanted me to get the fuck out of her office because, hey, man, I'm being realistic. You're not going to make it through college. And I'm looking at my 3.8 GPA thinking otherwise. Like, I can make it through college, man. I started a little argument with her. And she was like, very, very quiet argument. Y'all know me. Very withdrawn. And it was difficult for me to speak up for myself in that moment. But I'm happy I did, even though it severely hurt my feelings at the time. She basically said, you're in here right now asking me to work half days and approve you leaving here at 1130 every day for a whole school year. You're not going to college tell you that right now you're not going to be able to work like you're trying to work right now and go to college and i had went to work because i had (laughs) dismissed the fuck out of her i was like ma'am you is a hater i can do all things through christ to strengthen me i believe in myself and all of that foo-foo bullshit right now i went to work And I think I got a check like within a day or two of that. And I had like, you know, 20 or 30 overtime hours. That whole check went to the hotel that we were living in because we were homeless at the time. And I realized what the fuck she meant. Why was I paying for that in 12th grade? Why the fuck was I paying for that? And it was another young lady that worked at McDonald's with me. They had the same sentiment. Like, why am I paying all these bills? I'm supposed to be going to parties. And I was still doing that. That's why I wanted to, you know, leave school and go to work. I still want to go to the parties. But, man, I, I had to go to free parties. I couldn't really sneak into the clubs unless I snuck money out of my check, which is a whole nother story. Had to sneak my own money, y'all. And so I had started talking to recruiters once I noticed that. Um, I really liked the Marine uniform at the time, but I can't run for shit. And they had a three-mile run. And I was like, well, the Navy got nice uniforms, too. Y'all know I'm fabulous. I wanted to be cute. And I was like, it looked like they living so easy. They only got to run a mile and a half. But I can't swim. And then I started talking to the Navy recruiter, extremely charming. Just telling me everything I needed to hear. He learned about my situation and he kind of adopted me. 
I knew his daughter too. We was in high school together. So he kind of adopted me, right? And I had gotten into some trouble my high school year. And he had to bail me out, literally bail me out of jail. Another podcast, another podcast, and another topic. But the police officer that he talked to, like he linked me to somebody else that also adopted me, right? And that was like, you know, this is a very precarious situation. Um, I really feel like you need to get away from your family and join the Navy. I feel like you're doing the right thing. That's what the police officer told me. And they both of them would pick me up like after school when I wasn't working. They would stop by McDonald's, check on me. And it was just a strong platonic. I'm not even going to say dad to daughter relationship, but it was definitely something close to that where a man didn't want anything sexual from me. But they really wanted the best for me, right? And it blew my mind. It blew my mind, but I also had a history teacher, Mr. Baker. Shout out to Mr. Baker. Who said, do not join the Navy. What the fuck are you thinking? He was so angry. He was so angry with me. He just really nurtured me. Through the couple years that I went to that high school, he really believed in me. And he also pseudo adopted me. He would take me home some nights from band practice. And he saw my grades. He saw me develop intellectually. And he knew my story. And that was the only person that told me not to join the Navy. Obviously, my granny was all over it because I was going to be making money. But my history teacher was like, nah, you got the grades. You got two scholarships right now. You could apply for more. I'll pay for application fees, whatever. And I was like, nah, I'm going to go ahead and join the Navy because, you know, this, that, and the third. And I go through the process to be an air traffic controller. And I lose my job at McDonald's. Because I had a test to take. I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole, man, these jobs do not give a fuck about you. I learned that at 18 years old, these jobs would throw you the fuck away. My boss even knew I was homeless. Like he, they, listen, when I tell you my grandma even went up to McDonald's to try to talk to this man, like, hey man, she had to test to take. She literally has to pass this class to, you know, graduate high school. Hey man, she ain't show up for work. So this is what we had to do. And that, hey, that's life, man. I told my son that story several times. And he's even like, what? Like, hey, man, life ain't always fair. But at the end of the day, you got to find what makes you happy and navigate through this thing called unfair ass life. Because it's a lot of curveballs out there. It's a lot of curveballs in these jobs 
will not give a fuck about you. But if you find what makes you happy and you navigate through this, you'll be just fine. And it, it took me a second to find out what makes me happy, but I did. And I knew in that moment of getting fired, like I'm joining the military in a year. I just got to get through this year. I mean, when you're already homeless, though, a year is a very long time. And we had been homeless before when I was a child. So I didn't want to do that again at 18 years old. Obviously, I'm fabulous. I'm glamorous, you know, and I had a couple options, but we don't have a lot of options in the southeast, man. Um, And my grandma was like, I'm going to go to Chicago. I'm going to set you up to stay with one of my friends. And I don't, I haven't really said this story out loud. Long story short, because I don't even, I'm already at 40 minutes, but long story short, I went to stay with a family friend, became best friends with the daughter, but I was always still homeless. I was always still staying with somebody, right? And what do you mean by that, Trey? There was even a moment that I heard the mom say she was getting the carpet clean when I left. But they had a whole dog. Like, what do you mean you getting the carpet clean when I leave? Like, how are you even planning? That? Like, it was just little petty stuff like that. And I'm obviously, I don't like petty stuff. If you go back and you listen. I don't really like petty stuff that don't sit well in my brain. I'm in therapy for that. So I called my recruiter and I was like, can I leave early? And they was like, well, I don't recommend it. And I told him the situation. And he even asked me, can you just thug it out? It's six months. And I was like, man, each day is a struggle. And I just want to live my own life, man. I finally want to live my life on my terms, right? So he put me in contact with a few people, there, a few people, a few people, there, a few people. There. They said, well, we got a date. You can leave in three weeks. Hey, man, what's up? Let's go. Man, I got long story short, I go to boot camp. Mind you, the, the house I was staying in through a party the day that I left. I can't make this up. I know y'all like Trey. You got to learn how to deal with petty shit better. Nah, they threw a party the day that I left. So if you go to boot camp, they tell you to call home or whatever. And I called home. That's the only place that I knew that would answer at the time. And um, it was a party. It was a party. Sis was like, you know, it's my birthday. I invited some people over. It's like, okay, yes. Hey, Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's just, amen. That's my life, man. I can't make this up. So, boot camp was fucking amazing, though. Let me be very clear. When you grew up how I grew up, three meals a day is fucking awesome. But when I tell you they brought me the folder with my job description that said none, undesignated. I said, no, this can't be right. I'm looking around me. There's a hospital corpsman next to me. It's an engineer to the right of me. It's a nurse. It's a, all these motherfuckers around me got jobs. It's up my stupid ass. 
And then I go and I find another person that's undesignated C. I was undesignated air. And I go and I finally get to ask ask somebody and they was like, yeah, I mean, it's no slot for your school, but we see that you passed this test to be an air traffic controller, blah, blah, blah. But you're undesignated. Like this is, you're going to the USS Theodore Roosevelt. And that's what the fuck you're going to go do. And you're going to get the fuck out of my face, actually. You know, this is boot camp, bitch. Get the fuck out of my face. So, yeah, I was undesignated because I left early. I was uncomfortable with being homeless and my living situation. And that fucked me up. Not only that, I entered the Navy in 2003 at a time where... I don't want to say that's when they started Me Too because Me Too just started within the last like 10 years, right? But I went into the Navy where there was a shift in sexual harassment, okay? And right after I tell you this story, I'm going to end it. I want to leave y'all on a cliffhanger with my Navy, (laughs) with my Navy career. Because not only that, because my Navy career definitely started tumultuous and it ended tumultuous in the middle. It was calm when I was at Fast Fact Bay Capes. It was calm. So all of y'all listening that work with me on shore duty, you can wipe your forehead. We was good. We had just regular drama, but (laughs) it started and it ended very, I'm not even going to say dramatic. It was it was tumultuous, man. It was not great, man. So that's why I'm going to end it right before I get into a, a kind of sad story. Actually, it's not kind of. It is sad. But so I'm in boot camp, lost my A school. It's still in my record that I qualify to be an air traffic controller and that they owe me an air traffic control school. That's what I signed a contract for. But I'm just not finna get it right now. I have to go and essentially be a janitor. I have to uh, chalk and chain aircraft. What that means is when you see a picture of the Navy, when you see a picture of a big aircraft carrier, you see the um, F-18s at the time, L-14s, when you see them on the top and they're not moving, that's because little peons like me, was chalking the aircraft tire and chaining it to the pad eyes so that it don't, it don't move to you know protect this multi-million dollar aircraft like i said i joined at a time where there was a shift in sexual harassment i can't speak on it before because that's not a my experience b i wasn't there c i really don't know how bad it was but god damn it d if it was worse than the shit that I experienced, I really feel bad for them bitches. Jesus fucking Christ. I walked in to air department on a USS Theodore Roosevelt, 18 years old, big booty, pretty face. I'm actually speechless. I don't really know. I don't even know how to describe it, man. I just know I was thrown into the lion's den, man. I was thrown into the lion's den with no warning. With no 
fucking KY jelly just got down. Just man, it was it was pretty bad, man. It was so bad to the point where I didn't talk to people for years, man. Um, there was a shift in sexual harassment. I would say that. What I mean by that is there were pretty women that were appointed in it's the Navy. Women with nice bodies or pretty women. So, you know, that could be two different options. Just use your imagination. But <laughs> uh, all races, white, Puerto Rican, Mexican, black, they all got like office jobs, right? This is before me. But I mean, the day that I checked on, they kicked all them holes out. Um, only white men had office jobs. September 2003 is when I joined the Navy. So if you could go back into your memory bank and just look back and see who was in them offices, it was not women. And I know some people are still out there confused, right? And this has recently happened to me in the FAA where a guy was harassing me and it was unwarranted. He would always come down to the area in Atlanta Center where I work at now. He would always come check on me. And I could be in a room full of white people that were upset that he didn't check on them. And so they went and reported him. So that's what I mean by there was a shift in sexual harassment, meaning. And this could very well be the case is white people out there that qualify for this office job, but they were getting passed up for women of all races. Um, it had nothing to do with race. It had everything to do with sex and being an attractive woman. Um, so what that got to do with you, Trey? First of all, I got a job that I didn't even want, right? <laughs> happy to be here. Happy to have a place to sleep and call my own, my rack, my little bed. And, and my little sleeping bag. But, man, when I tell you they gave me the worst job. And I could, once again, I could call some women right now. This one girl, when I see her on social media, we actually reminisce because she was in uh, V2. I was in V1, right? So I was on the flight deck, chalking and chaining aircraft. She was in V2, the catapults, and uh, it had a lot to do with heavy machinery, grease, long working hours, 20-hour days, and gorgeous. This girl, gorgeous, right? I had to double take when I saw her. And she had the dirtiest job. They gave us the dirtiest jobs on purpose. And I don't know. I can't speak on this because I wasn't there yet. I don't know if certain people got in trouble right before we got there. But when I tell you when I got there, it was not pretty. And it really wasn't pretty for pretty young women um i was extremely overworked i didn't know what my work was going to even entail and <laughs> when i started working you know my grandmother obviously needed so much i never had any money i was pretty much giving her my whole entire check 
that first year was not pretty, y'all. It was a lot of cleaning up. It was a lot of sweeping in the rain, like I said. It was a lot of uh, taking up tile, painting, putting new tile down, painting again, needle gunning old paint, taking up tile in another room. <laughs> it was a lot of handyman work. Um, so I just used janitor as an example. I actually did way more handyman work. Yeah, man. I think that's why I'm gonna leave y'all on a cliffhanger because it gets worse and it got worse fast. The sexual harassment, just because there was a shift in it, it did not go away. So that's why I know if the women before me had to deal with the shit that I I dealt with when I was undesignated, uh, they therapy bill has has to be heavy. But they got office jobs out of it. And I think that that was the men's consolation prize. Like, we're going to harass the fuck out of them. We're going to assault them. We're going to touch them unwarranted. We're going to do all this stuff, but we're going to give y'all an easy job. So, you know, people around started to get offended. There was a shift. That did not stop, even though we got horrible jobs. It did not stop. I have one story. Where there's a friend of mine that we still talk. Not going to say her name, but I was going to shout out her city, but <laughs> I don't want nobody to know who it is. But she was fucking around with this uh, chief or whatever. And we was, you know, little peons. E1, E2, E3. A chief is an E7, right? She was fucking around with this chief. Not only is that frowned upon, but it's actually against the rules. You're not supposed to do that, right? So to give you an age example, she was 19, 20, 21, whatever. And he was 40. So, yeah. Anyway, he had came and picked her up from over my house. And this was, I'm actually skipping a little bit because this is right before June was born. And uh, when I got with June's dad and we had an apartment. So dude came, chief came and picked her up and I saw him and I was like, oh, and she was like, yeah, I got to tell you. I was like, oh, okay, girl. And uh, we talked about it. Hey, man, I ain't finna judge you. Do your thing. Not only that, what the fuck do I get out of snitching? I'm still not going to get an office job. And by that by that time, I had the air traffic control school in a headlock. I had been through so much shit that I bothered the fuck out of people. So that's definitely the advice, the positive advice that I would give young people thinking about joining. Ask questions every single day. Even if you shy like me and you got to write it down, you got to write an email. Do not let your career go in the hands of somebody that don't give a fuck about you. So I had that air traffic control school in the head a lot. And that office job wasn't going to do shit for me. Air traffic control, I knew was going to take me to places because I'm intuitive. Let me tell you something. I told y'all that. I knew at a young age that that was going to take me places that working in the office as an airman 
with these ABHs that it just wasn't going to take me to. It just, mm mm. So, snitching wasn't going to do nothing but hold me back, actually. So, not only that, I don't give a fuck. Man, when I tell you, I went to work one day, all the chiefs wanted to see me. And I thought it was an award or some shit because I was working my ass off. I'm going to tell y'all all about that the next time we talk about this. But when I tell y'all, them chiefs brought me in there and cussed me the fuck out. We heard that you was gone. Tell on something that you thought you might have seen, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what are y'all talking about? Stand at attention. Oh, I mean, they let me have it. I sat there and I cried. <laughs> I cried. My tough ass sat there and cried because the military will make you do that. When they when they can yell at you and you can't yell back, um, it, it'll take you down through there emotionally. I just stood there at attention and cried like, I wanted to say, bro, wasn't nobody even thinking about your ugly ass. He was so motherfucking ugly. Like, <laughs> that's the one thing that I said to that girl, my homegirl. I was like, girl, why is you fucking him? He ugly. Not that he a chief and not that he old, but he ugly. Damn. Y'all got me cussing me out over this shit. But to answer the question, I'm going to leave y'all on that cliffhanger about, um, uh, I'm leave y'all on a cliffhanger about what happens next in my Navy time. I do want to organize that. But to answer the question about the million dollar question about why join an organization that don't like black people? I didn't have many options. I just explained that to you. I didn't have many options. And I would have been in college working 60 hours a week trying to maintain a 3.7 or above GPA. So not only that, let me be very clear. Whenever I play life as a kid, I always live life. I never went to college. I really don't know how to tell my son that because that's the best life advice I can give a high schooler. Go live life, man. College holds you back. It clicks you up and you're in debt for a career that you're probably not going to do. But when you go live life and I get it, my story is very tumultuous. I I get it. But some of y'all college careers is is tumultuous. (laughs) I learned something about a friend at a recent party, man. When she said that shit, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Damn, y'all did that in college? I ain't gonna lie. It's, it was some loose Navy girls too that, you know. I'm gonna get into that. <laughs> I'm gonna get into that. But it's easier for you to stay focused when you go live life. Now, I don't want to advise my son to join the military. So that's why I said I don't know how to tell him that because you're right. Why would you join an organization that don't like black people? I would rather you go to college. But how sure are you that your college likes black people? How I mean, unless you go to an HBCU and do your research, I, I mean, might as well join the Navy like I did. Some of these colleges y'all go to at least. Um, But the million dollar question is not that simple. Not only did I not have many options, but look at what I did with it. If you 
I'm not going to say finesse because like I said, I'm never going to talk about how much money I make or what I got going on, but I ain't paid for none of the degrees that's on my wall and I got two. I also have a pretty awesome career from it. I get it. It's everybody's don't work out like that. Everybody's Navy career don't work out like that. You got to do the work just like you got to do the work in real life. Just like in college, you got to do the work. Nobody's going to do it for you. Um, you have to do the work and it will work out for you. If you do the work that I did with a support system. Oh, my God. Like you could really excel. If somebody buy you a car, like I said, my first car, my interest rate was like 30%. Um, yeah, if you do the work with an actual solid support system, the military could actually work for you. So I'm going to organize some advice. I'm still going to tell you what happened tumultuously in my story because... That's what makes me who I am and what's going to make this podcast interesting to listen to. Um, My story ain't everybody's story. There are some people. It's a girl right now that I'm cool with. Her Navy, two of them, actually. Their Navy career is fucking amazing. Like, I live vicariously through them. They don't have no issues. So, yeah, that's why people join an organization that, <laughs> that don't favor their skin complexion. Um, we don't have many other options. I'm partially ashamed to admit that. But I'm partially not ashamed to admit that. Because I made it work. Ken made it work. Uh, I'm just finna name some people that made it work. <laughs> Terry. My bro Terry made it work. He making it work right now. Killing that shit. Crystal making it work. Carmen is making it work as a single fucking mom killing shit in the Navy. My son's father, Tyran, made it work. Um, Cookie made it work. Y'all heard her podcast. Yeah, man. You can make the shit work for you. Let me tell you something. You can make it work for you. I'm not recommending it. I just don't want to be all negative just based off of my story. I think that my story is very tumultuous because I didn't have many options. I didn't have a support system. And I also did not have a lot of fucks to give. So I did get in a lot of fights. <laughs> I did get in a lot of fights. I didn't have a lot of money. And I was a really pretty girl with a, a big butt. And that's, I don't want to be mean, but you know, you know, the girls I just named are gorgeous, but, uh, it's not that many drop dead gorgeous women in the Navy. So you, you stand out. You absolutely stand out. And the women that I named, I know I said that they making it work and it's a few of them that have a very scotch free Navy career, just going awesome. But maybe that's my perception. So if you got something that you want me to talk about here on the podcast, or if you want to be a guest, most of y'all are out of town. I wish y'all was here. But yeah, give me some of your stories. Until next time.